Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. It's Doug Cunnington here, and in this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about the aged site case study and give you a couple updates on, actually very light updates on the earnings. But I'm also going to talk about sort of how the site was set up and just a few things that I'm going to change. So when I first titled the episode for my notes, just knowing that I was going to do this, I was like, I think I called it, uh, quote, weird things with the human proof design site. They're not really weird. It's just because I like to do things in a particular way. I know how I like to see certain things. I have an opinion on it. So when I got this site, I was like, I don't like this. I don't like that. It's weird that this happened. And I don't know why they even do this or that. So I'll explain all that stuff in the context of this age site case study. If you're new to the case study, basically I purchased a site that was aged from Human Proof Designs and I am outsourcing almost all of the activities except for, you know, essentially my analysis. So I'm documenting it uh, pretty carefully along the way. I'll be sharing, uh, you know, budget, revenue. I won't be sharing the site itself. That's just not my style. I'm actually, uh, I, I like create this as an asset for myself. I make money from it. So I'm not just trying to sell other stuff. Um, a lot of times if you see a case study, it is just a vehicle to sell other things. And this will actually be a site that I keep that I want to, you know, have cash flow coming from it and all that stuff. Um, so that that's sort of the main content of the episode. I'm going to talk about the theme a little bit, plugins, the ebook, uh, a couple of the CSS customizations. I'm not going to get too technical or anything, just a high level of how the site's set up. And then I will also talk about a side story where I, I, I chatted with a friend that I hadn't talked to um, actually in probably like a year or so, but he was just like, dude, I, I, I was up for promotion. I did not get promoted. I'm a little annoyed with the corporate gig. And wh- what do you do again, Doug? And he just wanted to you know, ask me about what I've been working on, how it's going, um, and if I like it, that sort of thing. So we're going to talk about those few things there. And quick update on the earnings. So I've had this site from Human Proof Designs for, I think, about a month or so, about a month. And the cool thing is as soon as I got the site into my possession and the tracking code was inserted, there was a sale made within like two to three days. I don't remember exactly like what time of day uh, the tracking code was updated and I don't know what time of day the you know the item was sold. But the point is uh, within a few days, an item was sold. The traffic is about uh, 50 visitors a day currently, and it looks to be relatively stable. Obviously, I don't have much data, but it looks to be relatively stable with a normal uh, like ebbs and flows that you would see for the weekend versus weekdays, and just some days are lower and some days are higher. So that that's perfectly normal and what I would expect to see. As far as earnings uh, this month, we're about halfway through, and uh, you know, for the timeliness, I won't even mention the exact uh, date that that it is today that I'm recording this. But it looks like the site is on target for about thirty dollars for this particular month. We are about halfway through per the Amazon reporting that I see, 
and 15 bucks is what the site has made. So obviously that is just revenue in. There's a lot of expenses that I'm incurring. I'll cover that kind of stuff in another episode. But, you know, at this point in time, I'm working on adding more content, getting links to the site, all that. All of that activity is, uh, you know, fairly expensive to do when you're outsourcing it and trying to get, you know, high quality. So with that said, let's talk a little bit about how the site was set up. So as you can imagine, it's a production, right? This is a, uh, it's like a factory. It's a factory where they build websites. So they are using templates and this is how I would do it, right? So I would use templates. I would set up every site relatively the same and, you know, try and make everything as efficient as possible. And, you know, when you do that, you end up with maybe some, compromises. I'll put it that way. You have to make compromises for the setup because you're trying to, you know, just set it up so it'll be successful for most people most of the time. You're not trying to, you know, necessarily make it perfect. There's no perfect website by the way, but you're not you're not trying to like maximize every little thing. You're just trying to, you know, get get it good enough so that you could sell it. So, I mean, that that's my that's my impression. That's what companies do, right? They try and minimize their costs. They try and minimize all the expenses in the production. They try and, you know, squeeze all the efficiency that they can out of their process and then sell it for the highest price. Consumers try and buy it for the lowest price. So, I mean, I, this is just how, you know, economics work. So, I can't blame any of the decisions that were made. So, all right. Let's just talk about the details. The site is set up with one of the Thrive themes. And if people are, uh, you know, longtime listeners, you may know that I'm not a fan of Thrive. At one point, I was a fan of Thrive, and that was maybe when they first came out. And they had, uh, back in the day, it was called Thrive Content Builder. It was like a drag and drop sort of, uh, you know, page builder situation. And it was kind of cool. You could set up like nice landing pages. You can really, uh, you know, I would call it embellish your, your content with a lot of, bells and whistles and you know sparkles it's kind of like bedazzling your your website maybe i don't know and uh i liked it back in the day and actually got content builder it's now called thrive architect and it was fine i actually created a few like sales pages with it and i actually tried to do some blog posts on niche site project using the content builder and I thought it was going to be helpful. It made it look better, but really it just took longer and it wasn't very, um, it, it didn't make the content better. It was just putting little boxes and some shadows around boxes and that sort of thing. Now, could I have used it better? Maybe, but it turns out I don't like the Thrive products and I, I don't want to use them. The other thing is their support is really terrible. Um, if you just, you know, Google it, check around, uh, test it out for yourself. My personal experience, these are all only my opinions, all right? So if you actually need help from Thrive, it will either take a long time or it won't be very helpful. Again, just my experience. And, you know, I if you ask around, if you ask around, that is probably what you're going to hear. Um, I, you know, as I am not a customer, I I don't know, but I've heard that they are sort of like reframing or rebranding some things. And all right, I'll I'll mention one other thing and then we'll move on from the Thrive stuff here. So 
they have a lot of products under the umbrella of Thrive. And you end up with the ability to create like a course. There's a lead uh, capture situation, like an email list builder. I think it's called Thrive Leads. There's a you know evergreen deadline funnel sort of situation. So you can do a lot of stuff. But like most cases where you get like an all-in-one solution, you have to compromise. Like there are many compromises along the way. And it's generally, at least again, my experience, fairly buggy. Now, the one thing that I will compliment Thrive on, or at least the implementation that I received in this website, it loaded fast, all right? So I was under the impression that it was probably gonna load slowly, but when I checked it, it was loading uh, just over one second and I think it was it was always under two seconds whenever I was loading it. So I wasn't just checking the homepage. I was checking like the highest traffic pages. Those are the ones that uh, I believe probably matter the most. Uh, a lot of times a homepage may not have as much content or images or whatever as some of the you know posts that are out there. Anyway, the site loaded faster than I expected. I thought it was going to need to you know do a lot more additional work to speed it up, but it seems to load pretty darn quick. And I'm happy with that. So moving on from Thrive, I was checking out the plugins. Again, if you've listened to uh, you know all the podcast episodes, you probably know I try to minimize the plugins. I don't want to have too many plugins on my site. Most of the plugins that I use are are directed or oriented towards like backing up the site, security, and you know some functionality um, in, in, that I need, like caching or um, like some SEO components, right? That I want to get to. So, anyway, there are I can't remember how many by uh, like by default when I got the site. I want to say it was about thirteen or fifteen. I can't re- quite remember. It was over ten. Ten is sort of like my the benchmark. So if I can get it under 10, I'm pretty happy. Like I said, you know, more than half of them are around security and backups and just keeping the site safe and running smoothly. And then the rest are, you know, some functionality that I need. So I was sort of confused on a couple of the plugins. So for example, like Pretty Links was in, installed already and enabled. And when I, in Pretty Link, uh, Pretty Links, uh, if you don't know, basically it's a a link shortener. So you can get a link, oftentimes an affiliate link. Um, And an affiliate link, most of the time, it's like sort of a long, like weird looking URL with a lot of code in there and different, you know, unique tokens so that they could track your affiliate referral. So I looked at Pretty Link, at Pretty Links. I don't know if it's Pretty Link or Pretty Link. So we'll just say Pretty Links. And I was like, are there links set up already? Like, why is this installed? And when I when I took a look, there were none, right? There were no pretty links. So I was like, why is this even here if it's not being used? So that, I mean, that's a good sign that you don't need something. If, if you're not even using it, don't use it. Um, don't install it. It shouldn't be activated or whatever. So the cool thing, obviously, with Human Proof Designs, you can just send an email. So I was like, hey, what's up with the plugins? I see a bunch of them on here. Which ones are optional? Which ones are required? I, you know, I'm not sure why Pretty Links is on. And I gave my analysis of each one. I'm like, it doesn't look like it's being used. Like, why, why is it installed? There were a couple others, right? 
similar. I'll probably write this up in a more formal manner whenever I document this whole case study. But uh, one of the other funny plugins that I saw in there was like a CSS, like a custom CSS, like um, plugin so that you could put in custom CSS. So in my head, I was like, oh, well, you know, that made sense a few years ago. But at this point, most themes like have an area that you could put in the custom CSS. So that's number one. And then another thing is like within WordPress, if you go to like the customized setting for your site, uh, you can often insert the custom CSS there. Now, I usually don't play with that stuff. I usually just leave leave things as the default unless I really have a good reason to you know insert that custom CSS. But here's the thing. I was like, why is there a custom CSS plugin if we probably have two opportunities at least to put in the custom CSS? So um, you could do it within the theme and you could do it on the WordPress customize functionality for the theme. So two places. And I was like, maybe that was just a legacy thing because you, it, it wasn't always functionality that you had with your theme or with WordPress. So maybe it's just, you know, the way they used to do it and they just haven't updated it. So I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but the good thing is the CTO at human proof designs did get back to me, uh, on like all the details and there were specific reasons to have that CSS plugin, by the way. So I think there was some dependency, related to the theme and if you change themes uh, what would happen so you would lose some of the customization and so on and so forth now I would argue you know my personal opinion like if if I'm getting a site um, I don't really want anything to be customized because when things are customized then it's hard to change themes okay or whatever it is you're trying to migrate from so whether it, the software people are probably nodding your head, you're right. Like, you you know, if you get an off-the-shelf product and you start customizing it, if there's an upgrade, if you want to change, if you want to migrate, you have all these dependencies on the previous um, software, whatever it is, whether it's a WordPress theme or a plugin or whatever. When you start customizing stuff, um, it's just potential to break and it's potential to, you know, have issues in the future. So just keep that in mind. Yes, there's value in in doing some, you know, custom CSS work. Sometimes it's needed and that sort of thing. But it, from my perspective, it's just like, I'd rather have a plain vanilla and then, then you add stuff versus like getting something that's already uh, like sculpted and architected and put together. And then you have to remove things to get it how you want it. I'd rather have... Um, I'd rather have very little and then build it up versus having to take things apart. That's just my personal opinion. Now, with the plugins, there was, uh, I think the CTO mentioned in the email, something like, uh, you know, some people like to use pretty links for affiliate links. So we go ahead and in- install it by default. Of course, that logic, in my opinion, is flawed because <laughs> basically any plugin could be used by someone to do a thing. And if you are using that logic, then you just, you would install all the plugins out there. Because I mean, the fact is, if you need it, you could just go install it. So 
putting it on there doesn't really save any time. Now, most of the time I, I, you know, I say, yeah, plugins slow down your site and blah, blah, blah. If it's not being used, I, I doubt Pretty Links was slowing down the site at all. Um, there's probably a snippet of code here or there, like there's some processing happening. It's probably extremely minimal, all right? I, I, Pretty Links is a, a mature plugin. I suspect it runs fairly quickly. At the same time, the more plugins you have, um, it's a liability, it's a vulnerability because uh, there could be a bug in the future, right? So if there's some bug in the future, it could be an issue. So that's another reason not to have more plugins than you need or just having a plugin that you don't use, even if it's not slowing down your site, it's usually better to just not have it on there. So anyway, I was like, I'm just turning off pretty links. I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to use it at all. So I'm just going to deactivate it and uninstall it. So it was simple enough to do. It took just a few seconds and I'm not sure if human proof designs in the future will like include this, but I, I would recommend, I think maybe they got the hint when I was asking, but it's just like, Hey, you should probably just say like, here's the plugins that you have installed on your site. And here are the ones you have to have. Here are the ones that are completely optional. And here are the ones where if you remove them, you may have to, you know, check to see if there's any adverse effects. And that would be something like the CSS custom or the custom CSS plugin. Maybe I, th I think there's some usage of like Thrive Architect to build some of the pages, which, you know, again, that was my main gripe. It's just a very buggy piece of software and very bloated in my opinion and just not necessary, right? Like I don't think it's necessary to have a page set up like that at all. So I need to review that and see like, okay, am I just going to leave it as is for the pages that are out there, which is probably what I'm going to do. Maybe a couple tweaks. And then just for any other future pages, I will, you know, change them up uh, accordingly so that, uh, or not change them up, but just publish them in a plain vanilla way without all the, you know, Thrive garbage in there. So those are the couple main things. Uh, one other area that I'll mention is the custom sites often have like uh, a lead magnet in there, an ebook. And they're set up because Thrive has this functionality that are set up to capture emails. And in my opinion, it's just a waste of time, all right? I know the common common knowledge, the common wisdom out there is, you know, the, the money's in the list and building an email list is so important, but the context is even more important, all right? So in my opinion, having uh, an Amazon affiliate site and trying to build an email list like early on before you're getting say a thousand visitors a day, it's probably not a really good use of time. You should probably spend your time on, you know, adding more content, improving the content, building links, and maybe more keyword research, right? So I would rather spend time there versus like trying to mess around with an autoresponder, trying to, you know, get the lead magnet set up and have, again, potentially buggy software, slow buggy software, like sending pop-ups to your visitors when they're just trying to get some information, right? So usually it's just a, a stress point, something that you're like, oh man, I really got to get to that autoresponder, blah, blah, blah. And it's just a waste of time. 
In fact, I have built very big email lists on my affiliate sites, over 10,000 subscribers and had, you know, 20 to 40 autoresponder emails set up. I enjoyed the process, by the way. It's a cool thing to learn. Um, I set up lead magnets and had the autoresponder and did all that stuff and built these pretty significantly, uh, a significant list out there. But when I looked at the numbers, I was like, am I making any money from this? And it, I was making a few bucks a month, not much, not enough to, you know, uh, warrant the, the effort and just even having and paying for the email list. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stop. Like, it, it doesn't matter. I've let this run its course for two to three years. Like I have enough data and it doesn't look like, you know, I'm not going to be pushing any other affiliate offers and it doesn't really look like the traffic or anything is dependent at all on this email list. So my whole point here is, yes, there there's an ebook that was included. They wrote it. I haven't even looked at it and I'm probably not even going to use it because in my opinion, it's just going to be like noise. Like it doesn't matter. I just want people on the site reading content, probably, you know, clicking over to Amazon to buy something and that's it. I don't need them to sign up for the email list. I don't care about the ebook. And, you know, that's just my opinion. There's very little value added um, for the, you know, purchaser, you know, I don't think it's worthwhile. So I won't be doing the ebook, but otherwise the site loads fast. Um, It looks pretty good and people are buying stuff. So I can't ask for anything more on that. And if you want to get the latest on the case study, be sure to go to nichesiteproject.com slash ASCS for age site case study. And I have sort of a raw notes page there. I'm, I'm making sort of like very brief updates on that page every couple of weeks here as we go along. Once I am further along in the case study, I'll be writing up a, you know, proper case study like narrative and set of blog posts to go along with it uh, and you know more podcast episodes and youtube videos so i'm doing everything but i'm just trying to keep track as we go and just talk about it along the way obviously i will forget things that i'm going through um, in the very beginning stages so i'm trying to document it as we go and um, i'm letting everyone see my my notes that i have out there so ascs is how you get to it all right my buddy called me the other day and like I said, he was, he was disappointed. He was a little, he was a little sad and he's been doing the corporate thing, um, you know, since he graduated. In fact, he, he worked for a couple of years and then got his MBA and then worked at a couple big, uh, very big companies and then like probably fortune 50 or something like that. I don't even know. There, there's some pretty big companies that he worked for. And then he ended up at a management consulting company and he's actually doing project management and program management. And he was also doing, uh, you know, just other stuff that you end up doing with management consulting. There's different projects that pop up and he, he has a very di- diverse set of skills, very smart guy. And again, like, very accomplished. I think his MBA is from, I think it is a, it's either a top five or top 10 school. So he had, he has a good pedigree, right? He has a good pedigree, good experience, good degree. He was up for promotion and it didn't work out, you know, some sort of politics that always pop up. That's just how it is in those sort of promotion cycles. So it was a bummer, um, a bummer for him, but 
yeah, he was just like, so like, like, what are you, what are you working on, Doug? Like, are you still doing the same stuff? And yeah, like I was just like, yeah, you know, I was doing the Amazon affiliate sites and I have the course and I blog and I'm doing the same stuff. I'm just doing it a little bit better, a little bit bigger. Um, you know, I've refined the process. I haven't skipped around and picked a bunch of different things to work on. I've just stuck to, you know, the, there's six or eight things that I know work well, and I'm just doing those over and over again. I'm doing more and more and more. Um, and he was like, really? Like, you're still just, just the same stuff. And uh, yeah, that's it. So, I mean, I have, I've, I've grown a, a little bit in, in certain areas, right? Like, since I first started, I've added YouTube to the mix. Um, I'm doing this podcast right now and there, there's more to it, of course, but I, I picked, I picked a lane and I'm staying in it for the most part and I'm slowly adding, you know, more components as I get better at the ones that I had been working on. I'm continuing to work on those. So, um, that's generally how, how I've been running it. And it was interesting uh, kind of kind of sad. I think there's probably a lot of folks out there like this, but it was it was sad in one way because you know this guy is my my buddy and, and I want him I want him to be promoted and be happy and all that stuff. Um, but he's had a a, a much better sort of uh, his experience as a business uh, person and. Like the, the, his desire, what am I trying to say here? His desire to be an entrepreneur was much higher than mine. He, he literally has like a business degree, tried to do some side stuff in the past. And then when he got his MBA, like even more, like way more experience in like doing entrepreneurial things or at least education wise. And then, you know, me, I had very little interest <laughs> in it. I didn't know what I was doing. And then I somehow like have found myself doing much better than I could be doing in a corporate job um, by working for myself and like kind of accidentally doing it. Like I wasn't intentionally trying to do this at all. So it was kind of a bummer because I'm just like, dude, if you just would have like started when you like when I first told you about this stuff and that I was working on it and that I was interested um, you'd probably be doing awesome, but like he just, he just kept waiting and it, it wasn't a priority for him. You know, it's not a priority until, you know, he's inconvenienced. So, you know, I mean, he's always enthusiastic. And in fact, I, I had given him, had given him uh, you know, free access to my, my course. I was just like, yeah, man, uh, check it out. If you want to go through it, um, if you have any feedback or anything, let me know. But yeah, you knock yourself out. And I mean, this is like one of those classic examples where um, it made me feel very confident in charging for the course, right? And the reason why is I've given out probably 15 or 20, you know, free uh, like memberships to my course, Five Figure Niche Site, to like friends and family. And exactly zero of them have gone through it. And there's some very powerful, like psychological, uh, like motivational things going on. Like when you pay for a course and you're like selecting that you're going to do it versus like me 
giving it out to someone. And, and, and again, it's the, the success rate of like someone going through a course when they paid for it versus not paying for it is dramatic. So like I said, everyone, everyone that I gave the course to for free, they may be logged in once or twice, but they usually just don't do anything with it at all. 0% success rate. So, um, yeah, I was just like, Hey man, the course is still there. You still have access to it. Like check it out if you want. Um, if you want to do drop shipping, there's drop shipping, you know, courses out there. If you want to do, you know, white label, uh, or private label products and sell it on Amazon, that's out there as well. If you want to do blah, 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 like anything you want to work on, Um, you could probably get a ton of free information on YouTube. You could also buy a course and get, you know, access to more streamlined information and get, you know, support from the, the instructor and all that, but you just got to pick something and do it. And I, I'm, I'm not sure it'll be interesting. You know, like I said, the guy sounded a little bummed out, um, a little maybe depressed with his job. And it could be a great motivator, right? Like that's, that's how you end up taking some action. You're like, this sucks so bad that I just, I got to do something for myself, but I'm afraid, I'm afraid that he may not because he's, he sounded enthusiastic before. And when it comes down to it, you know, the high level concepts are exciting. He understands all the pieces. He understands the pieces for so many different business models, but when it comes down to it, this is a grind the work that happens is generally boring and tedious and you're sitting at a computer. Like that is how, that is how it's done. Like you, I mean, for almost anything, right? Like if you are a, a coder or a developer or something like that, like that's where the work's done with your ass in the seat and you're staring at a monitor and you're probably like struggling when you get through it, the reward is way better because you struggle to get to get to it. But, um, I mean, the work is done with your ass in the seat and it's boring. Like that's just, that's just what happens. Now, the other thing that I told him about, cause obviously I do, you know, affiliate marketing, marketing on one side, I make about half my money there. And then the other side is through niche site project via like my own course or selling other like affiliate offers. I don't make much with like hosting or software or whatever, but you know, every now and then someone purchases like hosting through my link or a piece of software because I get a discount or something like that because I have a discount code. So there's a couple, there's a couple things over on that side, but for that portion of it, I was like, Hey, um, you can also do like this sort of thing. Like if you're, you know, if you have some story to share or you want to do a podcast or if you want to do a YouTube channel or if you want to do a blog, um, you can do that as well and build a, a platform and produce content, be helpful, like build a community. And then you could, you could, sell to them directly like your own products or you can sell someone else's stuff and that is a you know a viable business model as well there's a little bit more um like like uh, mystery i guess on like what you do next because you have even more options right um at least in my opinion like an amazon affiliate site like there's kind of a there's a pretty solid framework maybe that's just me 
um, because I've internalized a lot of the process along the way. But like, there's sort of a set, uh, like, set of activities that you would do. There's a framework, and you do these things in this order, and it's fairly straightforward. Um, versus like, if you're starting a YouTube channel, there's a lot of different ways to slice it, right? There's a lot of different approaches you could take and like you could end up starting in a certain area and then realize that, uh, you know, instead of doing software tutorials, you're going to do interviews and take it that route. So there's a lot of different ways that you can approach like starting a brand and building a platform and doing all that stuff. So that was the other thing. And I mean, he could do either one again, he's accomplished in a lot of ways and he could, he can do whatever he wants. It's just putting the work in, in various areas. So, and the other thing that I was going to, you know, mention, or I, I actually told him, I was like, you know, if you, if you're launching a, a brand or something like that, like doing a, case study is probably the best way to, to do it because you're doing something interesting and then you're documenting it, which is what I'm doing with this age site case study, by the way. So it's like full circle, but I was like, you know what? I, I have some things to talk about, but honestly, I'm getting a little bored talking about the same sort of topics over and over again, but it is interesting to, you know, propose a project, you know, some piece of work that you're going to do, uh, sort of look at how you're going to plan it, maybe the benefits for the the people that would follow along. So this age site case study is a perfect example. There's a set of customers out there who um, or potential customers or whatever that want to outsource a bunch of stuff and they don't know what to do. It's expensive to test. And I mean, I think that's part of, part of the value is like, I'm trying some stuff out. Um, I tested it in, in the past already. I've kind of worked out the kinks so I can like execute on this case study and it's probably mostly going to work out work out because I have tested it in in the past, right? I've tested each of the pieces individually in the past and they mostly worked most of the time. So anyway, if you're launching uh, a brand, if you're interested in launching a platform, if you could do a case study, that's usually better than just regurgitating other people's information, right? That is super easy to do. And if you're, if you actually are implementing something, it gives you something to talk about. If you're implementing a project, it gives you something to talk about that is not just regurgitating other information. Yes, you could like take ideas from certain areas, but like when you actually implement it, you will have information about the process that you executed your specific process, which everyone's is probably going to be a little bit different, even if you're executing the same thing and almost guaranteed your results will be different. And if you have results to share, other people will be interested in that data. So in this case for the age site case study, I'm using um, services out there and getting results. So not only are the people that maybe want to buy services from those companies, they're definitely interested, but the companies are interested too. And if they can, you know, show good results, um, for example, like the Hoth, right? If I order a couple of guest post links from the Hoth and my rankings go up and I can see like the rankings went up and that was the only factor that changed, like that's pretty interesting to the Hoth as well. 
um, I can share that information and they would maybe want to share it too. So anyway, if you can produce some unique information via a case study that kind of gives you a leg up versus just writing or producing videos or podcasts or whatever. So with that said, hopefully it's helpful. Um, I think the main takeaway is if you're interested in starting something, like start it as soon as possible. Um, it's never going to be like the right timing. You're never going to have like extra time, right? It's just not going to like you're busy. Like people have jobs. You don't have enough time. So like start right away because the sooner you start, the closer you are to, you know, figuring out like those mistakes that you're inevitably going to make. It's just going to happen. Like even if you kind of know what to do, like mistakes are going to happen. So the faster you can, you know, overcome those mistakes, the faster you get started, the closer you're going to be to, you know, reaching whatever, you know, goal you're trying to get to. So start, start as soon as possible. If you're like, oh man, like I feel like it's too crowded in blah, blah, blah space. It's probably not. Um, there's always more room, especially if you have like a unique um, perspective, a unique take, even if it's an affiliate site, right? There's always room for more. There's always sites going up and there's always sites coming down. So even, you know, even the most crowded spaces probably still have room even for like a, um, you know, someone just trying to start up. So Okay, I will leave it at that. And if you're new to the show, 100%, thanks for listening. And if you haven't heard any any other details about the age site case study, be sure to check out the other episodes. Um, generally, they're going to fall um, in in order, and hopefully, we'll be able to you know have a nice a nice uh, sort of story arc along with this whole age site case study. So have a great day, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to The Doug Show. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm just sitting here at my computer recording stuff and uh, you're listening to it and I think that's awesome. If you enjoy the show and you know someone who maybe would be interested in it, please let them know. I think it would be fantastic if you help spread the word. If you are not signed up for the Niche Site Project email list, well, you're in luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe. And don't forget, I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show. Or I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it and we'll catch you next time.